big night for Boo leads Illinois to a long bus ride home. Brett Barons and Andy Olson here on the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. Andy, you were in Evanston courtside to see it all in what looked like a fantastic environment at Welsh Ryan Arena on Wednesday night as Boo Boo, he scores a game-high 29 points, leads his Wildcats to a 96-91 overtime victory over Illinois. It's the second top-10 win for the Wildcats on their home court this season. Boo was great, man. I'd like to talk about the Illinois defense, but I think we got to give some credit to Boo for uh, his outstanding performance tonight. Yeah, no, he was the the entire reason that Northwestern won in this one. Uh, 29 points, 12 of 25 from the field. Only five shots from three, but he makes three of them. Uh, And seven assists. You add all that up, and uh, it spells trouble for Illinois. Uh, and Boo Booey, tired of losing to the Alana. He's got one win over them, but the Alana have won 10 of 11 coming into this game against the Wildcats. And he put it all on display in this one. He only ends up with a plus minus of three. So it seems like Illinois was trying to target him, at least defensively. And, and Illinois scored 91 points of their own in this one. But, man, what a what a environment, a game. I mean, Boo Booey. Plays like that, he's playing like a first-team All Big Ten type of player, and uh, man, his handling almost reminds me of a refined Andre Curbelo, uh, a guy that will just he he will make you stumble so quickly and, and find different ways to get around you, and he's so quick that uh, it, it it was fun to watch in this one for sure. He leads the way, and Northwestern, I don't know, they're tough up there in Evanston, uh, already knocking off At home, for sure. And they shoot for the game 55% from the field, 38 of 69, 11 for 18 from three. Andy, what happened to this Illinois defense that we thought was pretty good, top 10 in the country? They were hitting some tough shots, to be fair, but... but that doesn't account for for all of this. For ninety six, uh, the way that, yeah, it doesn't account for all of that. Uh, Brad Underwood said that the the five way switching was simply a coach's decision, and he took full blame for that in the post game press conference. Uh, it, it truly was not working out for the Illini any type of way that they would have wanted it to, uh, because all that switching it just led Boo to to be getting open, and he just kept hitting floaters in the paint and i think brad said post game that they were fine with him taking those types of shots however he kept making them like at some point they got they got to try and take that away and uh all it took was just a a simple screen you typically it was terrence shannon on boo uh sometimes it was ty rogers uh but all it took was a simple screen and, and boo was able to find room in the lane and was able to hit a lot of buckets 12 of 25 like we said like it was just not a very good defensive performance whatsoever. And I probably won't see the five-way switching for a little bit, I would imagine. That one might be hung up for for a bit. Yeah, it didn't work last year, right? We saw that uh, not work well at all. They scrapped it. I don't know why Brad went to that. Did he expand on anything about why he went to that tonight? I was only in the postgame for a little bit because of uh, my responsibilities on, on the WCIA News at 10. Uh, but his whole press conference was rather short. 
uh, like when he was describing some of the chanting by Northwestern during the game, uh, said that he he asked back like what chants you know like what did what did they say? Um, clearly being coy about the whole thing, and we'll get into some of that stuff with Terrence Shannon Jr.'s first road game, uh, but it <laughs> just did not really extrapolate on a whole lot. He just said he went for it hundred percent on his. Uh, on him that it didn't work. Um, it, that was about as much as we could get out of Brad tonight. So we'll see if that continues. I would say no, uh, that's not going to come back anytime yeah. soon because it, it clearly did not work tonight. And I do agree in one sense, Andy, that look, if he's going to take these 14, 15, 16 foot floaters that we saw several times tonight, yeah, I think most of the time you're going to take that shot and live with the result. But you also said that he kept making them. So you got to make some kind of adjustment if that's what he's doing. And and that really wasn't the case. Uh, as we take a look at just some of these other stats that, that came in tonight for Illinois, Coleman Hawkins and Marcus Domask each finished with 22. Quincy Guerrier with 15 and 11. He's a double-double machine. And you got Terrence Shannon Jr. with 12. He goes three for eight from the field, one of five uh, from three. Let's just talk about that because you were there. I want to get your perspective. We heard some chants on TV. I'm here in Champaign watching you and Courtney were there in Evanston. What did you hear and how did it affect Terrence? So it started out with the simple enough. And I, you know, you got to give Northwestern credit in this is they were, there were officials all over the place, pregame warning some of these students because the way that Northwestern and Welsh Ryan arena is set up is that the student sections are on either end, either baseline. Um, and they are, it is very close. It is cramped in Welsh Ryan arena and they are almost right on top of you here. And they were going around officials pregame and, and warning students about um, watching what they say, because it could end up being a technical foul leading to, you know, Illinois getting some free shots and some, some free points and it didn't take long, though, for the chance of no means no ringing around the arena almost every time that Terrence touched the ball. Of course, that is in reference to the ongoing criminal case of Terrence Shannon Jr. in Kansas after he was charged with rape. We've been over this story many times, and we have many podcasts discussing all the intricate details of that and a lot of coverage on WCIA.com. And of course, Twitter, where we are posting and giving updates as much as we can about the ongoings of that case. Most recent update is there won't be an update for a while, simply because his court case got moved back to May, well after the end of the college basketball season. So this is the reality that Illinois is going to have to be playing in for the rest of the season. That continued going on those chants. And then a little bit later uh, in the game, chance of guilty started ringing out um this was during overtime and it seemed like northwestern kind of had this one in hands um and at that point you could tell that it was it was weighing on shannon a little bit towards the beginning of the game when the no means no chance were coming out he missed a free throw um that's not something typically that we see of terrence um this season on the the game that was just his one missed free throw um, and after he hits his one of he ended up only three of eight from the field after he hit his uh, lone three pointer in the game, uh, almost a sense of relief came over him 
because, you know, he had finally made a three-pointer. He'd taken five up until that point. Um, didn't let it out immediately. It, was, it seemed like was trying to restrict the amount of emotion he was showing. Uh, it wasn't a typical Terrence, you know, game that we were used to seeing where he's fired up. It was very subdued, and I think that was on purpose. Um, you have to imagine that he hears these chants, and, you know, you can't imagine what's going through his head as all of that is going on but it's something that he's going to have to get used to the team is going to have to get used to brett because when you think about big 10 arenas welsh ryan arena typically not one of the more imposing ones as far as presence from fans in the stands this is only going to get worse as you go to to breslin center and columbus and all these different places the rest of the schedule completely agree with that and He's going to have to figure out how to deal with it. Brad saying that it's not a big deal and we're just playing basketball. I, I don't buy that. I think uh, it, it does play into Terrence's head. It, it has to, right? We're humans. <laughs> like You hear that stuff. Yeah. You can try and focus and you can try and block it all out. But at the end of the day, you, you still hear that stuff. And so how this team responds from that and how Terrence is able to keep uh, his composure, I think, is a big part of, of that. Look, he knows all eyes are on him. Right. And, he, and that's going to continue. It's not going to stop anytime soon. And so how he's able to conduct himself and how he's able to play, I think, will be a, a determining factor of, of, in large part, this team's success. Terrence starts tonight. I, was that a surprise for you? It wasn't for me. I didn't know how you would feel there being in the arena and, and how you uh, felt and how the crowd responded when he was introduced as a starter. I, Derek and I were talking about it pregame, whether or not we thought that um, Brad would go in that direction. I don't think anyone was questioning whether or not he could play starters minutes. Certainly after the game against Rutgers, he proved that. But was he going to mess with the, the starting lineup uh, rotation that he had, Brad has had going for seven games up until that point with Luke Goody slotting in instead of Terrence Shannon Jr. Instead, he goes with Terrence. I was certainly not surprised when when it came out that he was going to be starting in this one. Um, and a lot of boos for Terrence when he was introduced. Really a lot of boos all pregame, Brett. Anytime that Illinois was huddled up on the court, nothing but a smattering of boos the entire time. When they came out and, you know, you go back to the locker room about 10 minutes before the game and then come out a couple minutes before the timer hit zero, when the team came out, Terrence was leading them. And the whole crowd, just a smattering of booze. I shouldn't say the whole crowd because it was most, it was 50 50 Illinois Northwestern fans, I would say, in the crowd today. Uh, but it got loud in there when, when he came out then. And then when he was introduced, and pretty much any time he touched the ball tonight, it was just booze from the Northwestern side. And let's remember, like you said, this is half crowd, Illinois. What happens when they go to Michigan State? What happens when they go to Maryland? Like some of these other environments where it's going to be a whole lot tougher when to go to Iowa, right? They're going to have to figure these yeah. things out, and uh, that's just the way that it's going to be the rest of the season, and that's part of it when uh, this is the reality of, of the situation for what it is. So he goes three for eight. Uh, I don't feel like Marcus Domask or, or Coleman Hawkins, you know, played a bad game necessarily let's work it back here though from uh really at halftime they picked it up late in that first half but it's 34 32 northwestern at half it was like 20 to 18 there with eight minutes left in the first half it was pretty slow first 12 minutes and then both teams started to hit some shots but in that early second half andy 
neither team could miss. I mean, when you look yeah. down, when you look at the stats here, in the, just the second half alone, Northwestern went eleven for eighteen. I'm sorry, they went seven for eleven from three in the second half alone. Sixty four percent. Like these teams were cooking in the second half, and then it really, well, you, really got you going. Have that, and then yeah, bring up overtime too. They were three for three in overtime as well. So after the halftime break, ten of fourteen from from three is nuts. I mean, I got the sense that neither team was going to miss there, especially coming out of halftime. It really picked up, and this turned into a fantastic game. Like, visually, for the first 12 minutes, if you take it out, this was one of the best games that I'd seen so far this year. High game, like a high leverage game, certainly a rivalry Mm -hmm. game. And then it's fun when both teams make shots. Certainly, Illinois wants to play better defense than that. But just from an aesthetic point of watching the game, I was really entertaining. It was a great game, and this was one of the more juiced-up environments because of the Shannon Jr. angle of all of this. Uh, both teams were in there and wanted to win bad. You just look at some of the, the back-and-forth stats, 18 lead changes, 15 times this game was tied. Nearly the same amount of time with the lead for both sides, 18 to 16 minutes. Uh, and barely any of these stats, you can say that one team has the advantage over the other. The biggest one for Illinois was rebounds. They grabbed 21 offensive rebounds, yet not able to come up with anything um, substantial second chance wise. They only get 19 second chance points. That's less offense. That's less than the off- amount of offensive rebounds you got, Brett. Like, like that's almost know, hard th- to do, Andy. It How is. do you yeah. get 21 offensive rebounds? And yet, only get 19 second chance points. Like that's insane. Yeah, now it, it, it's hard to break some of that down, but it, overall, the way that this game was played, the energy this game was played with, like it, Northwestern, I think, is going to end up being a tournament team this year. All right, like right now, they're on the bubble. I think they might stay on the bubble because they're probably going to lose some games that they should win down the stretch. They're probably going to win some games that they shouldn't down the stretch as well. Uh, so a preview of what is to come in March, I think, for the Illini. Uh, if this game was played in a neutral venue, it kind of was, but kind of wasn't. We know how good Northwestern has been at home this season, besides that Chicago State game. Uh, it's hard to come into places like this and win, Brett, but Illinois gave it their best shot, and even as bad as they played defensively, they were in it until the end. That is a positive way to look at things. You know, people at home may not want to look at things positively after this game, but uh, it is nice to see that Illinois was playing up with them, even though Northwestern was, offensively was just having their way with them. Yeah, I'll say Northwestern's a tournament team. I mean, they have two marquee wins. They have t- they have more marquee wins right now than Illinois does. Sure, I agree. I mean, you have a win over number one, you have a win over number 10. Two top 10 wins. Illinois can't say that. And so... No. I think that they will be a tournament team, but I do think they'll probably be on that second half, you know, of the closer to the bubble side uh, when we get all said and done with this. And it's the second straight year Illinois lost to Northwestern. I think that's probably the part that stings quite a bit for Illini fans is that you can't beat Chicago's Big Ten team uh, two straight years on their home court. Mm-hmm. But what the heck with the layups? 15 of 35? I mean, it, yeah. that was brutal. What did Brad say after the game about them not able to make any kind of layups or the players yeah, even at that point? Yeah, they didn't have a lot of answers for us because I don't even know how you could have answers for something like that, Brett. Um, 
it was kind of the same messaging after that loss to Maryland, which was the sometimes you just have one of those nights, was which doesn't really explain because Illinois has had times like this where they're not able to hit shots underneath. Dane Danger did not play a lot in this one. Less than two minutes was 0 for 2 and only one rebound. You know, of course, he's the type of guy that could make layups inside, yet was not on the court that much for Illinois. So it's hard to point at one reason why things weren't falling for the Illini in this one. Uh, it just comes down to not being able to make those shots and how much of that is luck. How much of that is uh, Illinois is actually bad at making layups. I, I can't answer that for you, but uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Certainly as we get to the, the halfway point of big 10 season, if you can believe it, it it's creeping up on us. Pretty crazy that uh, we're getting close to that point, and now Illinois comes home on Saturday to face an Indiana team that uh, has also had its struggles this season. And I don't know, like maybe Terrence needs some more time. Brad said that time will help him get back into a rhythm. He does not look like the old Terrence that we saw three and a half weeks ago. And you were right there in front when he went down hard too, right on that yeah. on that uh, missed dunk attempt. So what did you see on that? Uh, for him, did he look any different after going down hard and getting hit in the face on that flagrant one? No, I don't think so. And, and it was uh, hard to see exactly where the contact came from on that play. He definitely landed hard and, and was down. Um, it was certainly within range of Northwestern fans uh, saying some stuff to him at that point, to the point where Luke Goody had to get involved and say some things back to the crowd as well. Uh, so that that was a, a fun moment. Uh, but I don't know if he looked different at that point. The whole game, he just really didn't look like his pre-suspension self. He only takes eight shots in this one, Brett. That's not very likely for, for Terrence uh, to do at any time, right? He only ends up with three assists, but it seems like he was always passing up opportunities. Five turnovers, and there were a couple of times where he was driving and, and just kind of lost it. So a negative 13 in the plus minus. And I, it is definitely fair to say that Terrence needs some more time to, to get back to himself. Cause in this game, he certainly did not play like himself. All right. So we want to be uh huge swings either way, right? Are you not certainly probably not encouraged about this team, but like, is this a okay loss? Like, how do you feel after that? How should Alana fans feel after this? Uh, if Northwestern is a tournament team, if it's life on the road in the Big Ten is tough, uh, because they're now fourteen and five and five and three in the Big Ten, I, like anything change? Thirty thousand foot view for you? No, I, I don't think much changed in this one. Besides my perception of Northwestern, uh, because coming into this game, you know, it was kind of like, what are they, right? Because they're thirteen and five, but you, you look at some of their wins and then you look at some of their losses and you're like what is going on with them this year? Um, this kind of shows me what they can be uh, because they have some really good players on this team. And if Boo Booey is going to continue playing like that every night, then there should be a team to watch out for, not just in March Madness, but in the Big Ten tournament as well, played up in Minneapolis this year. Uh, so for Illinois, I don't think it moves the meter much for me in uh, either direction. I think that this is still a team that can compete for the Big Ten title. 
certainly with three losses in conference now, that is very difficult. And then it would require not just help from other teams in the Big Ten, but getting some wins against Wisconsin. And then when Purdue comes to the State Farm Center, and, and that certainly will not be difficult and requires them almost to play nearly flawless the rest of the way through the Big Ten schedule. So for me, nothing really changes for them. It's all about, I think, for this team getting to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. That is the most important thing. And if they can get Terrence Shannon Jr. ramped up a bit more uh, and they continue playing like they did when he was suspended, I think that there's no doubt that they have the potential to get there and, and beat some good teams and, and make some noise. Uh, so we'll see what the fallout of this is for the Alana. I don't think this is a bad loss whatsoever um, because, because Northwestern is a tournament team, but now when you play some of these teams that are in the lower half of the Big Ten standings, they become must-wins. No more Maryland games when you're losing to a, a team that we don't think is very good this year. you, you got to start winning the ones that you should. You can't drop many of those now. Uh, Maryland making some noise last night. They'd like uh, a call on line one for you there uh, after winning what at Iowa last night, I believe it was, right? That was tonight. Was that tonight? Earlier tonight? Yeah, that was earlier. See, that we're was, losing, that was losing track of tonight. days here, Olson. We're losing oh, yeah. track of days as quick as the uh, Northwestern basketball Twitter posting a video just now of uh, Chris Collins with his shirt off in the locker room getting <laughs> doused with water. You know Alana fans are going to love to see that, Andy. <laughs> oh, man. No, and now Northwestern better not take any bad losses because that's going to be a meme in, in their replies if they're oh, not careful. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, Lowell, I guess for it to be a rivalry between Illinois and Northwestern, you know, Northwestern does have to win every once in a while. And so for sure, maybe they're trying to put a little rivalry into that. And I, I found it funny that Collins did say that after the game, too, in his postgame, uh, you know, that Northwestern does need to win some uh, to make this a mm-hmm. true rivalry. All right, Andy, uh, thanks for your work tonight from the courts. Check out our highlights and Andy's postgame live reports on WCIA.com and Brad Underwood's full postgame press conference on our digital channels there as well. For Andy, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for listening to the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. We will catch you on Saturday, Illinois and Indiana at State Farm Center.